You're listening to Irish Radio Canada, and the Irish, particularly the Irish from around Longford, Westmead, and a few areas there, for some reason or other, migrated to Argentina. While we're all very familiar, most of the Irish, or a lot of the Irish, emigrated to North America, United Kingdom, Australia, and other parts of the world, but predominantly to English-speaking countries. But, as I said, there's a, a small area in Longford, Westmead, where a large number of people emigrated. I do understand there were people from Wexford and other parts of Ireland, but we're focusing and hearing a little about what was it that enticed people from this area to Argentina. And Una Byrne is here with me. And Una, I know, is a mine of information. Una, thanks a million for coming along. Hello, Austin. How are you? Nice to talk to you. Now, you heard what I just said. So what brought the Longford Westmead entourage to Argentina? Well, I can only talk about my own family. Okay. So my, my grandfather uh, was Bernard Gannon, and he was born in Suipacha in Argentina in 1881. And he was the son of uh, a John Gannon and Elizabeth Kelly, who emigrated in 1867, yeah, the end, that's in 1867. They emigrated and uh, don't know why, not sure, I can never, and my mother didn't know why they emigrated. But um, he was married, he had a young son, and his wife was pregnant with their second child. And mum's first cousin told her when she visited Argentina that her aunt Annie always wondered what was her nationality because she was born of Irish parents on board a British registered ship in Montevideo in Waters and she was uh, registered in Argentina. And she used to say, what nationality am I? And um, so anyway, they were, there were, uh, there was John and Annie who was born, and then there was Michael and Stephen and Lizzie and my granddad, Bernard, who was the youngest of the family. Right. And uh, so they lived, they were somewhere around Sweetpatcha, and they were obviously in farming. And um, my granddad obviously came back to Ireland. He was the only one of that family who ever came back. Uh, because his mother died when he was very young. He had very little memory. He had very little memory of his mother. Uh, his, uh, and then his father decided that he wanted to come back to see his two brothers who were bachelors living in Ligon. And uh, he went through all the members of the family and they said, you know, will you go, will you go, will you go? And seemingly my granddad said, I felt sorry for the old fella, so I went. So they came and they spent three years in Ireland. And they lived with their, his uncle, and he went to school in Ligon. And his uncle wanted him to go to St. Mel's College, but he didn't want to go there. So they went back to Argentina. My granddad did military service. Spent, he got the, she always said he got the short straw because he had to do two years. And he did his military service, and I believe he was always playing the accordion. Uh, somebody said that he spent his life playing the accordion. And he, uh, anyway... The um, uncle, one of the uncles in league, and the bachelor uncle, and he had no, he had no nieces or nephews there, so he left the farm to this one fellow that he knew from Argentina. But there was a clause in the will that he couldn't sell it for five years. Somebody said to him, "That young whippersnapper will come home and sell up the land and be gone." And his uncle wanted to keep the family name in Ligon. 
And my mother tells the story that she very cheekily told him that he did a good job on it because he, she was one of 17 children. But uh, so my granddad came and he never, ever, ever went back to Argentina because um, his two, his one of his sisters died, his two brothers died and his father died very soon after that. And he could never go back. And then my mum wanted to pay for him to go back in 1950s. And um, his passport was mislaid in the Argentine embassy in London. And then the next thing, his only sister died and he just said, there's no point in going back. So it's very kind of sad in a way, Mm -hmm. but it's nice that I still have the connection there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And even though my relations all speak Spanish, and that was why I, my mother encouraged me as a student to learn Spanish. And I always remember, um, in case you ever go there. did, Did you ever go there? I've been twice. I haven't. It's a long time since I've been there now because I, I could only go in my summer holidays, and uh, that's their winter, of course. So yeah, we were there in. Um, I was there twice. Did some travelling around. Uh, met all of the relations that were there. That were you know. So I would have met. I have photographs of my mother with six first cousins. And her six first cousins on from her father's side, right. and um, but it, it's strange because it, I said that this um, John Gannon was married to an Elizabeth Kelly. Now Elizabeth Kelly's family, she had I think there were nine in her family. Uh, one of them died young, and all but one of her siblings went emigrated to Argentina as well. So that probably explains why Gannons and uh, mm. went there. And I was reading my mum's papers only this evening, and she said that the two bachelor uncles, uh, no, yeah, not those two uncles, uh, before that, and, and the Brian Gannon, their their uncles, they had been to either the States or Argentina. She didn't know, but they had been somewhere where they had made money and come back. So it's quite possible they had been to Argentina as well. But the Kellys also were there. And Elizabeth Kelly had two aunts who were married to two brothers. And they were miladies uh, from Glen in the parish of Arda. And they emigrated to Argentina. And... The, Isabel and Marcella, they were the aunts of this Ellen uh, and Elizabeth Kelly and all the rest of them. So of that family of nine, seven of them went to Argentina and I think three came back and all the rest of them are out there. So I have relations on two sides, all in Argentina. So I wonder, I, I don't know, there was obviously some connection. Why was it? I think it was uh, not coming country. It had, uh, you know, probably a chance of making money there, probably maybe quicker than in other places. I mean, I remember them saying that when you went to Argentina, uh, you you could just put, you know, a fence around an area, and that was your estancia. I mean, way back, mm-hmm. way back. So it had probably had a chance of of um, making money there. So, um, Una, like one of the thoughts that was put to me was, would the... Were there Irish missionaries possibly that may have had been out there and as a result may have eased the passage 
Um, that would be one thing. And the other is when your family or families at this time emigrated, did they land and or settle in the same area? And in doing so, were there other Irish families in that area? So when well, you went when you went out, were there names out there that were very obviously Irish names? Oh, absolutely. There is an uh, a, a, a monastery out in Carindareco, and uh, they, you know you go into the graveyard out there, and there are just all the Irish names. So they were they were the passionist priests. Okay. Uh, so you had lots of the passionist priests out there. I can remember going to the church in Suipacha, and there was a, um, uh, a plaque on the wall, and I think it was to a father, O'Reilly, and I think he had some connections with Slumford. I, I really can't remember, but I remember seeing something like that on, on, the, on the wall in the, in the church. Mm-hmm. But uh, there, there, one of the, the well-known um, priests who was out there uh, was Father Fahey, and he was from Loch Ray. And he was sent out as um, a chaplain to the Irish community that was out there. Now, there's another interesting book. Now, it's out of print at the moment, but it's a book called You'll Never Go Back. by, And it was written by a woman called Catherine Nevin. And Catherine Nevin was married to, oh, if I, get, I could get this wrong now, so I have to be careful. Um, she was married to somebody, a guy called Tom Nevin. But Catherine Nevin uh, was originally Catherine Smith from Ballymahan. And Catherine Smith, I think, had another sister who was married to William Bulfin, who was the Rambles in Erin and uh, very well known in Argentina. And this, this book by Catherine Nevin was based on the reminiscences of her mother, who was this Catherine Smith. And she, Catherine Nevin died before it was finished, so the last bit of it was finished by her sister, who lived in, in Boston, I think it was. Mm-hmm. But again, it's, a very, it's an interesting book about um, the life of the Irish immigrant uh, community in Argentina, and the title of it is You'll Never Go Back. And mm. it's interesting, I've used the same title talking about my granddad because he never went back. And um, of, uh, my mother actually was the first person to go back. She always kept the connection going. And she sh- shared the birthday with her dad. They had the same, the 18th right. of July. So, and she was very close to him, and she learned Spanish from him, and she was always listening to him about what he wanted to, you know, and so on. So she kind of did the pilgrimage of going back, and then she said, you have to come. And, um, you know, so all the things that he did. So when you talk about your mum and your grandfather, music was a big part of your grandfather's life and your mother's life. And to the extent that uh, much of your granddad's music is um, available through the... Irish Traditional Music Archives. Uh, tell us a little about that. Yeah. Well, um, my mother, um, well, she went, to, she went to college in Galway, university in Galway, and then went to England, and ended up in the States uh, after the war. 
and lived in the States there and loved it. And she, uh, tape recorders were just coming into uh, being in, in those days. And in 1952, she bought herself a tape recorder. She bought her tape recorder and decided that she wanted to record things. And she lugged it home on her liner uh, to Ireland in 1954 with a step-down transformer because of the, the change in the, in the voltage. Uh, brought it to Ireland. There was no electricity in her family home in Caribbean, and she had to go to her brother's house to make the recordings. And she recorded her father, who played um, Argentine music. And well, that they all called it the Argentine music. And we don't have any titles for the pieces because they just were what they, what they were. And some of them christened. They were christened, She christened some of them and. Uh, he had names for other ones and then he learned to play Irish music from his brother-in-law Kit Kelly who was uh, a really good um, fiddler and uh, so there are um, tunes on my mother's recordings of Brandad playing um, the Argentine music she has polkas and waltzes she said he also played tangos but she didn't record any of the tangos and um, like he was older because he died in 1961 and he was 80. Mm-hmm. So uh, he was old when those recordings were made. He seemingly brought two accordions home with him to Ireland from Argentina. And then they bought, uh, he had a new accord, he bought an accordion in London at some stage, had it sent to him. And she always said it was from Gamages in London. And then when she went to America, she bought him a, a, another accordion and it was a honer. And um, she brought it home to him and she said, did you, re-? he asked her, did she, he, she realise what she bought? And she said, no, because she told me she was a crow. And um, she had bought an Argentine style accordion. And because the, the Irish accordions are all either BC or CC sharp and so on. And this one is a CF. Uh, which is an unusual accordion, so um, and you play it, it. It suits the Argentine music, seemingly, and um, and the accordion. We still ha- the accordion is still in the family, mm-hmm. and it has in an accordion. It's written in Spanish with the accordion on it, and I actually have the replica. I have a replica of the type of accordion I bought one second hand. I'm just now I can't play very much on it, but I can. I can murder one of the nice polkas that my granddad used to play. <laughs> and uh, so she recorded all of that, and she recorded her uncle, and she recorded all her brothers and sisters who played, and the neighbours, and so on. And they were there for years and years. And then when she was um, 100, uh, somebody came to visit and said about, you know, she was always oh, at me to try and, you know, put them onto some, you know, onto some, a tape. I, we had them on, on cassette at one stage and she we never did anything about it and they put us in touch with the Irish Traditional Music Archive and they very graciously uh, you know, digitised all the music and I have a copy of it which is wonderful to have all of that and there are about 14 tunes on the, on the website and um, the, we donated the tape recorder the step down transformer and she also had a movie camera so we have my granddad playing the accordion on the movies as well. Mm-hmm. So they, mm-hmm. the archive have the copy of the, the, the movie camera, or the movies and the camera and the projector and all of that. So that was our, that's where we left them, you know, and it's lovely. There were 
We were told at the time that it's quite possible she was the first ordinary citizen to kind of make field recordings of the local musicians, because it was, yeah, 1954 and no electricity and so on, so it was a bit fun. Indeed. Well, we're out of time, but we're going to actually play one of those tunes, and what are we going to play? Well, we're going to play uh, one which we just called the polka. The one, it's the one that I have learned how to play. And I uh, used to go, well, when I could go to a session uh, before COVID, I used to go to a pub in Clark's out in Lanesborough in County Longford. And there was a brilliant, uh, couple of brilliant musicians out there and they kind of took me under their wing, let me play this. And we now would have played it several times. Uh, and it's called the polka. And not only that, we played it for mum at her funeral. Fantastic. So it's the, uh, we call it the Argentine polka. Una Byrne, thanks a million for taking the time. Okay, Austin, talk to you. Bye-bye.